For health's sake, a simple chat for better health. I'm your host, Donna Karras. These podcasts are a publication of Amory Hospital and Clinic, Hudson Hospital and Clinic, Health Partners Clinic, Stillwater, Lakeview Hospital, and Westfields Hospital and Clinic. All are part of a nonprofit healthcare organization committed to enhancing community health. talking with physical therapist Jackie Voigt about how a woman's menstrual cycle affects their training. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, thank you for having me, Donna. What are the phases of our menstrual cycle? Great question. So for a, a eumenorrheic female or a normally menstruating female, the basics of the menstrual cycle are that it lasts about 28 to 35 days, depending on how long your menses is. And we typically spread that out into two phases. So your first phase we refer to as your follicular phase. That usually lasts about 1 to 14 days, and it starts with the first day of your menstruation. Then we have the second phase, which is known as your luteal phase, and that follows between days about 15 to somewhere around 28 days, and that lasts up until your next menstrual cycle starts with menstruation. Do we have different hormone levels depending on the phase? Oh, absolutely. That's what makes this fun. (laughs) Men tend to have this baseline hormone level that they get to enjoy throughout a month. But women, we go up and down with our hormones and they kind of change places. Uh, During that first phase I talked about, that follicular phase that starts with your menstruation, we can kind of think of that as our low hormone phase. So in that phase, we start our menstruation and over the next about 14 days, we see very low levels of progesterone and low estrogen levels. And those are endogenous hormones. And throughout approximately that 14 days we talked about earlier, your estrogen will slightly increase, but your progesterone levels stay very low. Now, starting at ovulation, which occurs between our two phases, where we release our egg, that occurs at about 14 days and lasts about 12 to 24 hours. We kick ourselves into that luteal phase. We can also think about that as a high hormone phase. So during that phase, both progesterone, progesterone, excuse me, and estrogen will increase. The goal during that phase is to really prepare that endometrium for implantations or making our uterus nice and robust. If implantation doesn't occur during that, then menstruation's triggered and we start to see declining estrogen and progesterone levels again. And that'll start our menstruation all over again and send us into that low hormone phase. How do hormones affect our physical performance? Ooh, very good question. Kind of a controversial answer on this one. We've been starting to study that, and we actually have a systematic review and meta-analysis, meaning that researchers kind of looked into all of our previously published studies and pulled the ones that were relevant to that question and evaluated the data as a whole, which is really, in medicine, that's kind of our gold standard. That's our best level of evidence. And this was just done in 2020. And The results of that study were that exercise performance might be reduced by a small amount during the early follicular phase, which if you remember was that low hormone phase, so kind of essentially during your period, and versus other phases of our menstrual cycle. Well, unfortunately, that seems to conflict with a lot of the studies that we did look at during that systematic review. However, obviously, a lot of those studies did show something to that effect. I think the thing to take away from this and what we should all kind of look at when we look at the evidence we have available to us is that all of the evidence we have is very low quality. Most studies, particularly before the late 20 teens, really only included men in their research. 
now that we have more women being represented in research, and it's still understudied, we're going to get more and more information. In our early studies, there was very little consistency in how we defined performance and really how we even tracked menstrual phases. So it's not surprising to see that the research is really contradictory in its results. Right now, there's just not enough information available. I mean, even by those study authors' metrics, there's just not enough information available to really tell us for sure what effects those hormones have on physical performance. But we definitely need to research more. So from what we know so far, if we're training for a marathon, how should our training schedule be adjusted for our menstrual cycle? I think the first thing to keep in mind is that your journey with your running routine is probably going to be different from your running partner. But knowing your body and your cycle can really help you to optimize your training because this is really individual. And that's what all the research is kind of showing us. One thing to keep in mind as an endurance athlete, specifically in that population, is that we want to make sure we're maintaining our menstrual cycle. So tracking your menstrual cycle can be a good way to make sure you're maintaining it as well. Amenorrhea or lack of menstruation is a serious concern and should always be discussed with your medical provider. Uh, Amenorrhea is one of the symptoms that can be correlated with red S, which is relative energy deficiency in sport. It used to be known as the female athlete triad, but in the last about 10 years, we have switched over to a red S definition. That can have a major impact on your performance and overall physiological health, both now and later. Some of the things that we know are correlated with red S are bone density problems, uh, physiological health with the endocrine system. So in particular with our endurance athletes, we want to make sure that we get the message out that missing your period in season is not normal. It's not the case ever. And I know there's a pervasive thought process out there that it is, but make sure that when you're training, you know that we need to keep our menstrual cycle going throughout our training cycle and life cycle. When we're talking about other sports like volleyball or or just plain exercising, should we have an adjustment for our training during our monthly cycle? I mean, I think the the best answer to that is that tracking your periods might give you better information how your individual body responds to your hormone fluctuations. From the evidence we see so far, it's very individual. So knowing yourself better only gives you more information to act on. And the really important concept to keep in mind is that there's no point in your menstrual cycle where exercise of any form isn't good for you. Exercise is always good for us, but knowing our bodies a little better might help us to optimize our training and strength train when we are feeling at our best to accomplish the goals that we're looking for. There is some thought process out there and even maybe some research to support that your best gains might just be during your period. And some athletes avoid training or don't train as hard during their period due to symptoms. But from a hormone perspective, our hormones are actually the most similar to our male counterparts who have an easier time building muscle mass during our period. Are there different hydration and nutrition needs depending on our cycle? Oh, I'm really glad you asked that, Donna. That's a really good question because absolutely there are. Nutrition is a really vital part of any athlete's training regime, really across the board. And fueling demands really vary based on a lot of factors. But based on your menstrual cycle, they're also going to change. So I'm not a dietitian, but some facts to consider here is that during menstruation, we do tend to have symptoms, cramping, bloating, those kinds of things, and that some nutritional considerations can help with that. So foods that are rich in iron can help to manage some of that cramping. Foods that are high in omega-3 fatty acids can help with that inflammatory process or complaint. And foods high in magnesium may be helpful with cramping as well. So think about maybe adding iron, omega-3 fatty acids, and magnesium 
into your diet during your menstrual cycle to help manage symptoms and really allow you to take advantage of that low hormone phase. During your high hormone or luteal phase, you know, it might be more difficult to build muscle. So having available protein is really important. Think about increasing protein in input or intake. And then also, because of all the physiological changes during that high hormone period, our body is a little harder time maintaining its hydration status. So this should really be a focus during your luteal or high hormone phase later in your cycle to make sure you're staying well hydrated. You mentioned this before about tracking our menstrual cycle with a training log. If we start doing that, how will that help us? I think this comes down to making sure that you're being individualized with your training. So kind of like know thyself <laughs> to go back to, to some philosophy here, but it does appear when we look at the research that there is a pretty strong link between subjective performance and stage of menstrual cycle in each individual woman. Now, we can't necessarily see the trends of where those tend to occur clearly at this point based on some of the other things I already talked about. But the better you understand your individual body and where there are times where you maybe don't have the same kind of energy or you don't have the same kind of endurance to tasks, the better you can kind of alter your training log to make sure that you're really taking advantage of your high points. There are a lot of apps out there that can help you with this tracking. So not only tracking what stage of your menstruation you're in, you can track basal body temperature, you can track all of those things, but also how you felt that day. How did your workout go? Did it feel good? Do you feel like you were really getting after it or were you kind of sluggish that day? And if you do start to see patterns in that, it can really help you to tailor your workout to your individual cycle in response to your hormone fluctuations. You know, outside of apps, there's always pen and paper. So <laughs> keeping track of it can really be helpful for the, each individual person. You've gone over a lot of information. If you'd summarize for us, how can we optimize our training around our menstrual cycle? All right. Here's where we go into, I, I should have put this caveat in at the beginning, but remember that everything we've talked about is really for normally menstruating females. So if you are a eumenorrheic, normally menstruating female, we know hormone fluctuations affect your bodily functions. They affect them at every level. Right now, with our low level of evidence, we can't confidently say that we can predict your performance level at different points in your cycle, but new evidence is coming out all the time. It's very exciting. Research that I reviewed for this showed systematic meta-analyses, like I talked about earlier. Three of them were done since 2020, which is so exciting. For now, with what we know, understand that your body changes throughout the month, and you may find that your performance changes right along with it. Track your journey with your menstrual cycle, and it may give you a better understanding of the effect of hormone fluctuations play in your activity. And if tracking just isn't for you, remember that you'll benefit from exercise at any point during your menstrual cycle. The evidence is really clear on that point, so just keep going and maybe give yourself some grace on your off days. There may be more at play than you've even realized. And I think the very last point, and one that's very important, is that we've talked a lot about normally menstruating women but remember that missing a period or two during high-intensity training or any other time is never normal. Go into your healthcare provider. Talk more about your period health if you miss your period. It's very important for your health. That's great advice. Thanks, Jackie. I do want to, if you don't mind, just say a quick thank you to a few people that helped me prepare <laughs> this information. So part of our women's sports medicine team here at TRIA, Jillian Tholen is a sport registered sports dietitian who's 
fabulous and wonderful at talking about bone health and nutrition and how it relates to performance. So my colleague, Pete Larson, physical therapist with me here, uh, helped me prepare this information and is a really valuable part of our women's sports medicine team. And Dr. Heather Chikanowski, our sports medicine physician, who also speaks on this topic quite often and really helped me to prepare this today as well. I want to say thank you to all three of them. Thanks again. Perfect. Thanks so much, Donna. Thanks for listening. 